Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome to the Church of Roy, a sports drink original podcast. Morning today's show may include adult language. And here are your hosts, Brian Wilcox and Steve Ewald. Welcome everybody to a draft day edition or draft special of the Church of Roy podcast. I'm your host as always, Steve Dewald. Uh, it's been a long and interesting couple days. So I brought in our, our normal co-host, Brian Wilcox. Brian, how are you doing? Maxwell man just kicked back with a couple uh barley sodas watching <laughs> watching the draft unfold my friend yep and then we brought in reinforcements from down under our favorite guest our kind of only reoccurring guest adrian bernisich of blazer's edge our guy from down under adrian how are you doing did we did we did we pick uh dyson daniels what happened no. he... <laughs> we'll get it we'll get into that so <laughs> The, this is the only incoming blazer that we're going to have that's from Australia is what it sounds like blazer related is Adrian joining this podcast. Um, we're going we're to talk about the draft. I mean, that's why we're here. That's why you're listening. But first, I mean, I think it'd be a disservice if we didn't talk about the Jeremy Grant trade that happened yesterday. So in between our, our shows. Um, so the blazers end up actually trading for Jeremy Grant from the Pistons. They do not give up the number seven pick to do it. They trade the Bucks 2025 pick, the one that came from the New Orleans Pelicans trade that sent CJ McCollum there. Uh, they get veteran help. They get a guy who fits a role specifically for this team, a player that they've been looking for. Um, I mean, this is a team that went out and traded for Robert Covington to do kind of some of the things that they hoped or at least they hope Jeremy Grant's going to do. Um, I think he's well suited for it. So let's talk about the happy part first. And let's talk about, you know, what Jeremy Grant brings to the table. Are you a fan of the trade? What would you grade it? You know, all that kind of typical trade talk. And then we'll get a little bit into the draft. So Adrian, our guest, take it away. What are your thoughts on the Jeremy Grant trade? Um, before... Before the, the draft started, it was a great, great pickup, especially given what they gave up. And mm. they, they gave up some picks that not relatively inconsequential. Mm. Um, but I always, after I saw that yesterday, I saw that as part one, to, which would lead to the Blazers going after another wing, a bigger wing. Um, 
in isolation in the vacuum, great, great, great move. Um, the power, the power forward that, that the team really needed um, fits well with Damien. Damien obviously wanted to play with Grant. There's no secret about that. So that was in isolation a really, really good move. Brian, I mean, you want to add on that? I think Brian or, or Adrian's hit the high points there. But do you got any any thoughts? Yeah, for me, I you know, if I was going to give it a letter grade, I'd give it an A. I mm-hmm. thought it was an excellent trade. I think this kind of brings the CJ trade full circle mm-hmm. to where now you look at that trade and it's CJ and Larry Nance Jr. for um, Josh Hart and Jeremy Grant. It's kind of what, you know, obviously there's some pick. Yeah. A little bit of second round stuff there. And, but, and Tony Snell. And, yeah, can't forget the Tony Snell. Yeah. And Diddy was not up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but you know what I mean? This kind of this kind of brings that trade to a close. Mm-hmm. And I feel good about that trade. I think that, you know, for years we'd really wanted to rebalance the roster. And I think this accomplishes that. I'm, I'm kind of with Adrian where, you know, when you just look at it in a vacuum and in isolation, I, I, I absolutely love it. Um, the fact that we were able to get it for that 2025 pick was huge and, and didn't have to touch that seven or, or trade down. And mm-hmm. you could argue that maybe there were some more optimal outcomes that could have came from that, but I really do. I really do like it. And I think Grant's going to be a nice fit. I, I think one way, you know, that, that things kind of went well for the Blazers is just the reaction from Piston fans, like diehard Piston fans yesterday, people did not take that news very well. Um, no. So I, I think that, makes me feel good about the trade in a weird way but also i mean like you said you kind of think about what this is for the blazers moving forward team building wise they used one of their their best assets this offseason in as far as the the tpe the 20 million dollar exception that grant fit into that was an effective use of that trade exception i mean this is a blazers team under neil olshay who we watched them you know have trade exceptions expire and we just heard excuses of why they could never make it quite work. We actually saw, you know, one of these get used to make this team better immediately. And I don't think there's any question about that. Now, on the flip side of the coin for me, the Jeremy Grant move was always the like the low hanging fruit. Like that was, you know, something that, you know, is good but I don't think it should have ever been like the front and center piece of this off season. Like if that's the biggest move of the off season and you created all this flexibility, you tanked, you got a lottery pick and you're walking away with Jeremy Grant and a player we're going to talk about a little bit later. I don't know if that's necessarily uh, a, a clear win here. I think it's different. I think this Blazers team is different going forward, but I, I kind of tap into, there's an article on the ringer. Uh, John Hollinger's talked about it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Henry Abbott of, of true hoop who got beat up a little bit on Twitter has also su- suggested, you know, the, the folks at true hoop have kind of suggested that, you know, the Blazers are different, but I don't know if we can safely say that they're better. Like they, I think it's going to be, a new look. I think they're definitely probably back in that playoff picture um, with Jeremy Grant on board and a healthy Damian Lillard next year. But as far as like climbing into that elite, I think there still needs to be another move to be made, but don't get me wrong. Jeremy Grant addresses something that this team is desperately needed that, you know, we saw, we've seen in playoff series, we've seen in big games. Like I just think back to the bubble when they play the Lakers in the opening round and you just have nobody that can match up with LeBron James. 
I mean, you're playing Gary Trent Jr. against LeBron James. I mean, that problem mm. is gone now. You're going to be able to put Jeremy Grant into those matchups. So I guess, you know, it's hard to, to be too upset. But, you know, if you if I'm zooming out a little bit, I, I'm still a little underwhelmed. But, you know, we're, we're talking we're only the, the offseason really hasn't even started yet. But um, definitely a step in the right direction. But I don't think it's a finished product yet for this offseason. Is it is that yeah, or go ahead? Yeah, and I think that's why both Adrian and I mentioned in isolation, right? I think just an isolation mm-hmm. is a great move. You're getting rid of a 2025 pick essentially to to close that deal. And and I think it's it's probably not a home run, but I think it's a solid double and mm-hmm. and makes the team better. Yeah, I, I think you're picking up a starter for you know a future 2025 pick. Like, I mean that's Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. That fit clearly fits Damian Lillard's timeline. Mm-hmm. So speaking of Damian Lillard's timeline, let's move on to draft night. Let's talk about what the Blazers did here. Um, and then we'll kind of circle back to some of the rumors. I'm doing this a little out of order how we talked about it, but. Blazers get to number seven. They end up using the pick. So, you know, credit where credit is due. Um, Brian was right here. They, they ended up using the number seven pick themselves. I have uh, to eat. I, I didn't, I didn't pick that at all. So yeah, well done, Brian. Yeah. I, I have yeah. to eat a little crow here. So they end up taking shade on sharp, uh, a Kentucky commit. Now notice you say Kentucky commit when you're talking about shade on sharp, because he is not a Kentucky player in order to be a player. You have to play in a game for Kentucky, which he did not do. <laughs> Um, so, but still very highly rated, um, a lot of talent, people who have watched him up close, have a lot of good things to say about him. Um, I think he could be great. I think he could be, a, a, you know, he's also equal probability that he could be a washout. I think he is the highest variability player in this draft. Maybe, I mean, you can make an argument for Chet, but I think Chet's floor is higher, uh, Chet Holmgren, mm-hmm. but, um, Shade on Sharp, definitely, you know, he was labeled on draft night as the mystery man. Um, he's definitely earned that, judging by by what he has put forth. Um, you know, he can go either way, but I think what we can all agree on, at least right now by the looks of it, is that he is probably two to three years away from being, you know, a real big contributor to a team that's really trying to compete at the top level of the Western Conference. Um I think there's more of a comparison here to Anthony Simons progression here 
talent wise than more so to like a Damian Lillard type progression who was picked at number six back in that draft. So um, I want to hear from you guys before I get super ranty about shade on sharp. So go ahead, uh, Adrian, take us away. Um, well, I mean, you, you've, you've, you've hit on a lot of the kind of the, the main issues here. We just don't know a lot about him. Um, he's two or three years away if he's going to be anything. And Damian Lillard is going to be 35 uh, in three years' time starting that season. So, um, look, I'm excited kind of if the, the post-Damian Lillard era, if he, if he hangs around and you've got um, Anthony Simons at the one um, and Shaden at the two and, and whatever whatever happens. But we just don't know what he's going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, look, the Blazers could still flip him. Um, who's to say there isn't a sign and trade? I mean, I mean, I don't, I don't even want to talk about tampering, but who's to say there's not a sign and trade happening post-July 1? Where a team they've spoken to says we want you to pick Shaden for us, and then then they can they can do a deal. Um, I don't think that's likely, but it's always a possibility. It, it obviously Damien Damien would have signed off on them picking Shaden, um, but I just wonder the, the the franchise still has a foot in the present and a foot in the future, and I would have thought by today we would have figured out what, what was going on. Now we have Jeremy Grant, which fits the present timeline, and we have Shaden Sharp that fits the future timeline. So, um, I mean, pretty similar to what Neil O'Shea was trying to do with Anthony Simons and Gary Trent Jr. And yeah. then you had Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. So, yeah, uh, we're seeing the return of dual timelines, I guess. But this is bit. different because this is the seventh pick and not um, yeah. Anthony Simons with the 24th yeah. pick. Yeah. No. With the seventh pick, you obviously hold a lot more currency. Um, obviously, we know they tried to go out. We're going to speak about OG, but surely there was a plan B and C after OG as far as getting mm-hmm. veteran talent mm-hmm. uh, for that pick. But we'll never know. Mm-hmm. Brian, your, your thoughts. I mean, I know you, you've talked a lot. We've talked a lot about shade on sharp being, you know, that big swing. Are, are we still, are you still sticking to that? Are you, are you happy with the pick or what do you think? You know, it's still so fresh. I really don't know how to feel about it. I mean, we just don't have data out there to know. You know it's hard to evaluate the guy just because there's nothing out there. Um, I'm assuming that workout must've been pretty damn good. I kind of wonder if we're going to see that, that story coming from one of the local beat guys that, you know, the Blazers brass walked away from the shade and sharp workout, just absolutely blown away. And kind of that puff piece, right? Mm-hmm. Because you can't point to game film. You can't point to really, you know, well, you can, but it's years old. So yeah. um, I don't know. To me, I, I will say that the, the only certainty here is that it's, he's a, he's a risky pick. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think Cronin's talked about his risk tolerance before. So a part yeah. of me, is kind of like, hey, you know, big balls Cronin just going for it, <laughs> yeah. which uh, not necessarily the position to need, but, you know, if he truly thinks he's the best player at that spot, I guess kudos to him for going for it. But I would keep in mind, too, that his ceiling is really high. I mean, you're talking about a guy that is bigger than Simons mm-hmm. and, you know, similar game, but but larger and is was looked at as a high lottery pick and not a guy drafted at 24 and, and great. And Simon's, Simon's kind of a success story, mm-hmm. how, you know, he's, he's panned out, but 
um, he follows a similar trajectory with his assumed ceiling, you're looking at a very, very talented player. So part of me, you know, just wish we would take taken so in and, and got a big bodied wing in there. You know, that's what I like or want for this team. But um, this could end up being a, a very, very good pick in hindsight. Or we might look back when, when Cronin's a, a road scout for the <laughs> for the Detroit Pistons going like yeah that might that pick might have cost this guy's job you know it's, it's yeah. it, we just we just don't know we just don't know right now so so just onto that I think I had someone say on the coverage this morning that there were there were suggestions that if Sharp had gone and actually played at Kentucky next season he could have been I mean he might have been perceived in that Wembyama range next draft he he has the ability to be kind of he could have yeah. been the one or i mean first or the second. if patrick next. if patrick oh. baldwin jr didn't play this year he'd probably be a top five pick this year i mean yeah. it, it's a game yeah. you can play i mean yeah silver lining state <laughs> no, no no you're good <laughs> <laughs> well then steve we were kind of texting you know after the pick and you're like, I like guys who play basketball. And I do too. You know, like, yeah. he came in and just kicked people's asses in workouts. Like, yeah. I'm that guy. Draft me. And, you know, I, I guess in Shane's defense, he didn't come in for a workout. Again, it must mm-hmm. went well. But the fact that he didn't play basketball is not a good look. But, you know, you see, well, from a risk tolerance perspective, if you're his team, you know, maybe he did want to play. And he just didn't want to have one of these fall from graces that is possible when you know you play and people poke holes in your game like like Jaden Hardy and like Patrick Baldwin Jr. And, mm-hmm. and maybe it's just a good business decision on his point and pulling it up with a steal. Or maybe he's got a lot of holes in the game and we're about to find out. So. You know you know I'm happy you brought up Jaden Hardy and you know Patrick Baldwin Jr. a couple of these other options. Because those are people who are ranked behind Shade on Sharp in 247's prospect rankings, which you know is a very reliable source for recruiting ranking. And they do kind of the crystal ball, see where players are going to go. They also keep a leaderboard of how players move up and down in the prospect ratings. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of these players, so the two players that finished above where Shade on Sharp did in his class is Paulo Banchero finished at number two and Chet Holmgren finished at number one. Now what's a little different about those three when you put them all together is if you look at Chet Holmgren, he is on the map where he is a prospect ranking all the way back to 2018. You can see how he moves up and down. Paulo Banchero, same thing, all the way back to 2018. Ton of entries, full page of entries for both those guys. You get to shade on sharp, it's two entries in 2019, I believe is when he first pops up and then it's off the radar. So, I mean, we're not talking about a lack of of sample size just in college but we're talking about a complete like almost a complete lack of, of a healthy sample size at the prep level like this mm-hmm. is when we talk about big swings i i don't think we can under like I, I think we've used that term too much to where we've taken some of the meaning out like this is a true big swing here because there's just no established set of game film for him and i mean even if you look and read at what jonathan gavoni said about his pro day there's a lot of scouts that left that evaluation saying, I don't know if we really learned anything here. Like so much of his offense is based on dribble based moves and creating separation that way, which it certainly looks like you mentioned before, Brian, he has the physical tools to do that, but we haven't seen him against top level competition. 
So when you're talking about mm-hmm. someone who's a lot of his offense is based off of, you know, dribble based moves and isolation plays, and he hasn't played against the top level of competition. Like there's a lot of questions here. Now I'm going to get like, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt, but I am also going to be pretty wary of anybody who is going to talk definitively about what they've seen from shade on sharp in game action. Like, I, I think mm-hmm. you got to be really cautious of someone who is speaking definitively about what type of player shade on sharp is going to be because nobody knows unless you're working for a team. Nobody knows. Now he could be a great player. Like I said at the beginning, he could be a great player. He could be washed out in five years, but I don't think he's on Damian Lillard's timeline, but if he hits and he becomes what he, this potential could be, you're talking about a point that Adrian made a very fun backcourt in the future with Anthony Simons and shade on sharp. And you could see Dame, you know, kind of go into his twilight years with two guys that can really play at a high level. And Shade on Sharp's size at least suggests with a seven-foot wingspan, you know, six six, six seven, someone who can maybe play a little bit at small forward. So you could see the changing of the guard if it works out. And I hope it goes that way. But if you couldn't tell already, I am very skeptical of this pick. And I think that's mm-hmm. what I want to I want to move forward into here is let's talk about some of the trades that we, you know, the rumors that we heard about going into this or go ahead, Brian. Yeah. I had one last point I want to touch on. And I think, I think we've all kind of hit on Dame's timeline. And to me, I kind of wonder, there's no way Dame didn't side off on this pick. He's so involved. I mean, if the guy's talking trade exceptions in the media, he's plugged in, he's involved in everything. And so when we talk Dame's timeline, I think this pick might signal that Dame's timeline might be a little longer been kind of the prevailing thought that it's like, hey, next year, the year after, we, you know, Portland absolutely has to go for it. I think that maybe he's in it for the long haul. And if he signs off on a pick like this, maybe that timeline is three or four years or something like that. You know what I mean? It, it just really made me kind of – because I had that thought too that it's win now or, or Dame's leaving. But mm-hmm. he might be just road-dogging for the Blazers, baby. He's in it for the long haul, yeah. and he thought this was the best long-term option too. The, the, the problem is, though, the Blazers don't have a first-round pick next year. I mean, assuming they make the playoffs. <laughs> so, yeah, no, that's I, one less asset. That's one less asset to improve, uh, and an imp- a really important asset at that to improve the roster next year. Um, obviously, we've still got free agency to come, and hopefully they'll have the full MLA, which could be quite valuable. But I don't think you're going to get the level of player – with, a, with the MLE that you probably would have gotten through trading the seventh pick. Mm-hmm. You'd never know that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's what I kind of want to get into is when we're talking about trades, I mentioned it before with Jeremy Grant, that $20 million trade exception was one of the best assets the Blazers had going into this offseason as far as building a, a contending roster. Number two on that list was probably the number seven pick. Now, the prevailing thought there is you use the number seven pick to either trade down or put it into a trade and go get another veteran. Now that's off the table potentially. I mean, Adrian mentioned that, you know, there is potential that another trade could Sorry, exist. They've, they've, just, they've just announced that he's going to win number 17. So he's probably going to play for the Blazers. Yeah. So <laughs> Ed Davis, baby. So, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I'm excited for Shadon Sharp to play basketball again. It's been a couple of years, so he'll have a number. So that'll, that'll be good. Um, but anyway, so now we're, we're assuming the, the number seven pick is now used on Shade on Sharp. So those are your, probably your two best offseason assets to build a contending team 
around Damian Lillard, at least this offseason. Um, really going forward, I mean, adding Jeremy Grant, we're already, you know, six months from now, he's probably going to be getting an extension from Portland. And then you're talking about signing potentially Yusuf Nurkic and ext- and giving mm-hmm. Anthony Simons his extension. So that really kind of the, the flexibility with that TPE is now kind of drying up. And if they don't move Eric Bledsoe tonight, um, that market gets a little bit tougher. He becomes a one-year expiring um, or the Blazers can yeah. take the savings and waive him and, and get rid of that non-guaranteed money. Um, so going forward, knowing how we kind of see this roster right now, and I know there's still going to be like an MLE available and, you know, some veteran signings, but just, I think the big pieces, assuming they sign, re-sign Nurkic, extend Anthony Simons, do you feel that this team, as it's currently constructed, is better than the pre-deadline Blazers? So you have Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, Norman Powell, Robert Covington, Yusuf Nurkic, or you have Damian Lillard, Anthony Simons, Josh Hart, Nasir Little, maybe, small forward, Jeremy Grant, Yusuf Nurkic. Which which starting five is 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 there a starting five that's marketably better than the other there? Can I can I put a caveat in? Yeah, go ahead. If the Matisse Thibel uh, rumors are true, and they're able to absorb him in, he I mean he's your starting three. Um, then yes, absolutely, without a doubt. So you you um, got to you got it's it probably still a bit better. Yeah, I, I'm not. Yeah. Go ahead, Brian. For, for me, I think it's probably pretty even right now, but there might still be a move to be made to bring in another three with MLE. Um, I think a lot of it just re- you're relying on young guys getting better mm-hmm. and Simons and, and probably Nas little at the three. And so I, I'd probably put it right about the same, which I don't think is great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, does it, does it give you the warm and fuzzy feeling? Yeah, it's not exactly normal, warm and fuzzies, but uh, you know, I, I think it's right there with mm-hmm. a little bit higher ceiling based on some younger guys developing and yeah, and uh, some maybe some some more moves to be made this offseason. I mean, it's a question being asked right now. I I agree with you guys. I think it's it's the same. I think like Adrian, if, if a move like a Matisse Thibel comes in now, what? I, I'm a little curious of what a deal like that would look like. I mean, say what you yeah. want. Matisse Thibel is still only going into his fourth year. Um, he's been a, on an all-defensive team two times in his first three years. I mean, yes, he's not an offensive powerhouse, but he's a very useful player. He's got playoff experience. So I don't I don't know exactly what the Blazers piece together to get him because I don't know if the, the Sixers are just going to – maybe the Sixers just give him away. I don't know. Well, but, they're, they're trying to make room for Eric Gordon. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, it can't hurt to have another guy who uh, oh, yeah. plays the Australian national team on the Blazers as well. I think that's I, I'm a big one. Matisse Thibel guy. Like, I, I like yeah, him like come out too. of college. Um, I, I think he'd be a great fit on this team. And even if it, there is a little bit of redundancy position-wise, um, something me and Brian talked about on the last show is – you want those type of guys in your rotation. That's a good problem to have most of the time. <laughs> oh, I have too many useful players. So, you know. Oh, he's a small forward. Like, I mean, yeah, he can, he can play the two, but he's a small forward. He's, I mean, last year was his most, most minutes at small forward, which was 33% of his minutes was at small forward. But the majority of his career, he's played at shooting guard. But who, know, who knows what he does at, the, at his next stop and as he matures. I could definitely see him playing a lot of small forward. Um, but yeah, I, I think as far as if this team is better now, um, 
than it was before the deadline. I, I think it's still wait and see because if Nasir Little develops, as we all hope, you suddenly have Josh Hart and him. You have you have some good depth there. And also, Anthony Simons has the physical tools to maybe be a better fit in that backcourt uh, next to Damian Lillard than C.J. McCollum was. So, you know, I I think they're pretty close right now, but I, I am optimistic that this current iteration will get better and will probably exceed that. Just because I think Jeremy Grant is just such a better fit for what I what they wanted Robert Covington to be. Because like we talked about this over and over again, Robert Covington is a team-based defender. Jeremy Grant is someone you can put on the toughest, you know, assignment, and he will lock them mm-hmm. down. Point guard to center sometimes. I mean, not Jokic or Embiid, but he can guard almost everybody in this league, and he does it at a very high level. So that's going to be incredibly useful. I'm going to say, gonna, oh, sorry, I was going to say, what's um, what's Sharp's yeah. average? Next, next season, how many minutes a game do you reckon Sharp sees on the court next season? Let me see how many minutes Anthony Simons played as a rookie, because that's what I'm talking about. We can't look to his minutes played last season. Yeah. I'm going to say uh, 10 to 12, <laughs> 15 maybe. Yeah, I think if he's um, playing double digits, there probably might be something wrong. So, okay. I, you know, I will say something, Steve. Like, you hit on the point that really our two big assets going into the offseason or this offseason were our – the, t- the large TPE created by the CJ trade and then the number seven pick. And I think that we capitalize on the TPE truly um, mm-hmm. by getting Grant. Collins wouldn't fit under it. I like Collins better to vacuum, but I'm, I'm fine with what we gave up for Grant and, and how that whole thing played out. And so with the seven pick, you know, I think we all wanted to trade for an established veteran. But part of the reason why I had that we were going to take, that the most likely option was we were going to take somebody there is that, there just aren't a ton of players that we'd want that were available for that seven pick. Mm-hmm. I think OG and Anobi was the dream. If we get Grant and OG, that's an A plus offseason. Mm-hmm. Steve's getting Cronin tattooed across <laughs> his chest. Yep. It, but we're, 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 we're so thrilled. But when that deal couldn't get done, what else do you do there? I think yeah. we can argue about that seven pick and whether Sharp's the right choice or not. But once that OG deal is off the table, which I think it became clear that it was, then where do you go? Mm-hmm. what was plan B? I, I just have a hard time mm-hmm. seeing what else you do with that pick to markedly make this team better in a deal that makes sense for both sides. Yeah, I, I mean, I, 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 I drank the OG Kool-Aid as well. I was like, they're going to get OG. It's going to yeah, happen. I, I, and then, I and then I've got Steve kind of saying, dude, um, it, it might take a little bit more. <laughs> and I was like, no, no, no they're going to get OG. So, like, so, I, so I want you to know this. there's a trickle down here. So like Brian keeps me in check on OG and then I kept you in check about OG. So it was a team effort here. <laughs> Sorry, boys. Um, Sorry. <laughs> if you know how my NBA circles work now. Um, the voice of reason. Getting to your point though, Brian, as far as, you know, once the OG tape thing went off the table, what is plan B? Um, I think there's a couple directions you can go there. One, you can go with a player that has some experience in a pro-level offense, has played competitive basketball in the last 18 months, um, Mm -hmm. has a track record uh, of playing at a high level, um, and Dyson Daniels, who was available at that pick. I I think you can go that direction maybe. But, I mean, obviously, I wasn't in the workouts. I mean, both those players came into Portland. Um, They made a decision after seeing both of them up close, so we'll just go with there. So but that is one option. Option two is there, there was a lot of discussion that the, the Thunder were looking to move up a little bit. Now, 
they end up taking Jalen Williams, which a lot of people kind of thought might've been a reach at 12. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they really want to get up to seven. Maybe you trade back, you pick up Lou Dort, you get the 12th pick. I think you could have got some good value at 12. You could have drafted a player that played basketball in the last year at number 12 um, and, and go from there and maybe get a player that still fits the future timeline and now, but maybe Shayon Sharp is just a talent that once OG was off the board, he was one, you know, one B or two A, and you just had to go that way. And I'm, I'm hoping that's what it was. I hope it wasn't just the Blazers banking on a trade and sitting there with a dial tone on the phone as that clock ticked down and then just calling in the shade on sharp pick. I hope it wasn't that. Um, but was the, was the Chris Haynes tweet yesterday a final, a final push to kind of get Masai talking? What do you think that was? I, I think there, there's some stuff in play there probably with some agency stuff. I, yeah. I think, I don't think it's even a secret now um, that clutch really kind of wanted OG in a different situation and clutch has got its claws in, in Portland. Um, they would like to have him here is what I've heard. Um, so, you know, that might be Chris Haynes. It also might be, you know, Damian Lillard, you know, we assume he signed off on these rookies, but we don't know that. Um, maybe that, that was Chris kind of doing Dame a favor and really trying to make sure mm-hmm. that, you know, veterans were the, were the, main target here but it's also a very long off season but go ahead brian yeah and then but i just wanted to hit again like i'm not arguing whether sharp is the right choice (laughs) i'm really not whether he's played and you know if we're talking you know i mentioned that you know one of our best assets at seven and how do we get into that upper echelon of the western conference i don't think trading from seven to twelve and picking up Lou dort gets you there either once the OG, OG thing fell through, kind of like, well, shit. You know, where do we go from here? Yeah. And and I guess it's just kind of the Portland brand trust taking their best hack at it. And we'll yeah. see how it goes. But I, I just didn't really see another avenue once that dropped through for a realistic move that made this team markedly better because you can't count on any rookie to make any team markedly better in their first or even their second year. Yeah. And I mean <laughs> – I agree. Yeah. I was just going to say, and while Mike, Mike Schmitz isn't officially with the team yet, I have no doubt that Cranon and Schmitz would have spoken about Sharp. Mm-hmm. Um, and if, if, I mean, Schmitz is the kind of guy you really want intel on. He's, he's going to say, look, we don't have much on Sharp, but my gut, from what I've seen, tells me that he's definitely worth pursuing. So I think that, that kind of gives me a. That makes me feel a little bit better knowing that Schmitz probably had a had a role to play here, even though he's not technically with the team. Um, yeah, possibly. I don't know if if a a, a recently hired first time assistant GM's expertise is making me feel any better about this pick. If I'm being honest, but but, 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 he, but it's a, it's a unique he's a draft guy. He does have great insight. He I do love his draft coverage. So um, I, on a, before we wrap this up. Could we either, if you guys had to make the choice between Sharp or Daniels, you're Joe Cronin, who you guys taking? Steve, I think I know your answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I am going to finish this podcast with saying nice things about Shade on Sharp because I was pretty hard on him. But I would take, uh, I would take uh, Dyson Daniels probably. I think, I think he has just as much upside. Um, but that this also could be like a clip we can play over and over again in like five years. <laughs> so, yeah, right. so you never know. I mean, just from what I've seen, 
and, and it's a little i mean it's biased because i got to watch i mean you can watch every g league game they're available they're on youtube um you can find them you can find a lot of dyson daniels tape and highlights and i watched a lot of it um so obviously i'm drawn to his game um i'm, I'm not trying to bag my fellow australian but i would have picked sharp over daniels just because I, I just worry about Whoa. i worry about dyson's shot i worry about i worry about the shot um what have you seen from sharp shot in game that makes you oh like the, 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 y, the ymca vision is pretty impressive no i look I, I would have gone i mean if it was out of those two i would have gone i would have gone so chan look I, I would have i would have picked so chan probably yeah, above the two of them to be honest um so yeah Nope. You're, yeah, I think I think I would have. I think I would have cheated the question. Probably went so chan over both those guys as well. <laughs> so hand, so hand, so hand. However you say. Sorry. Yeah. Um, yep. Nope. No you're good. As far right. as Shannon Sharp goes, though, there's a lot of very smart people, and this is something that I talked about, and I broke that kind of rule. Is there's a lot of very smart people that thought he was, you know, this level of a pick, if not earlier. I I think the Blazers probably took best player available in their eyes i would not be surprised if like i mean neil shea was would come out and say that shade sharp was number one on their board out of all players like oh yeah like i i'm not looking for that level of bullshit how long before but, we stop talking about neil o'shea no it'll be a long time um <laughs> but, when, I'm, when i'm six feet under buddy yeah um but i uh i i think you know shade sharp definitely was probably the number one guy still left on their board when it got there. I, I think they didn't out overthink it. Like we maybe saw the Kings do taking Keegan Murray over Jaden Ivy. Um, I think the Blazers got a lot of value here, judging by what the smart people in the room say, like I'm an amateur draft an analyst at the end of the day. Like there's a lot of people who make money, get paid to do this. You know, the Blazers, like I mentioned earlier, Got to see Dyson Daniels up close. I got to see Shade on Sharp up close. They decided to go the Shade and Sharp route. Um, I hope it works out. It certainly sounds like he has the physical tools to do it. Um, he's a special player. I, I think he'll be one of a kind if this pathway works out. Um, and I hope it does. But man it's going to be it's going to be interesting and we might not have a definitive answer for a couple of years um so at that before we get out of here real quick um i i don't think i'm going to come back on to talk about second round picks the blazers have not picked at number 46 or number 58 so we're going to save some of that for the next episode but you know i i don't think we're i think we can all agree that they're not going to get an, a very big impact player with both of those picks, unless they're packaged in a trade for a veteran. Um, looking at the roster as it is now, assuming they re-sign Yusuf Nurkic and re-sign uh, or get a new contract for Ant, what would you like to see the Blazers address next with the tools they have? What position would you like them to, to go after? Um, you don't necessarily have to name a player, but where, what position do you think they need to address going forward after the last couple of days? Brian, go ahead. Um, I think, I think you got to get another big body at the five just with, with Nurk's injury history and knock on wood, he stays healthy this year, but, um, I'd like to see another big guy. If I have to watch Trent and Watford play extended minutes at the five again, I'm, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not going to be a happy camper. So, 
I don't know if you go full MLE there, you know, just but just find a warm body that can they can occupy some some time there. Um, with the second maybe being adding another wing, whether that's retaining angles or or, or whatever that looks like. But you got to go out and get another true five, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Adrian, what do you think? Uh, it has to be a small forward. I mean, Josh Hart's already said he's playing guard minutes next year. He's been told he's playing guard minutes next year. Um, Joe Ingles might not even play next season. Um, and so you've got Nas Little there. They need They need to... I mean, that's why I, I talked about Matisse before. Matisse would be a great kind of um, counteract to the defensive deficiencies of this backcourt. Um, if, and he can... I think he can kind of... Fit, fit in nicely to that uh, Clippers trade exception as well. But uh, if not, yeah, I'd, I'd use the MLE on a small forward. I think big men, backup big men are pretty um, attainable um, mm-hmm. at the moment. Um, so I'd, I'd definitely go with um, with one of those bigger wings that can play um, play next to Grant. I'm so glad I get to say Jeremy Grant yep. at the uh, at the power forward position because like, ultimately, yeah. like when I, when I saw Grant yesterday, that was. That was brilliant. I was I was so happy with that that news. But um, they need another starting forward. Mm-hmm. No, I, I see that. I think for me, I I think the I'm inter- I kind of want to see this forward position play out. And I, I think if they're going to address it, you know, maybe they go and get a veteran or someone to compete. But what I would like to see is an open competition at that spot um, going into camp. I would like to see Nasir Little, Josh Hart. Justice Winslow and potentially somebody else really battle it out for that small forward mm-hmm. spot and really just feast on competition there and hopefully the best man wins. Um, is, I, is Justice more forward though now? I mean, given yeah, he's more forward. But I think if you played Justice and Jeremy Grant together, I, I think mm. there's enough versatility between them that you can you could make that work. Um, kind of almost seems like the the Harkless and Minu combo yeah. where it's like they're both kind of three and a halves in yeah. a way, like yeah. you know they kind of are just your forwards right it doesn't really matter who's the three or who's the four so yeah except I grant's a little bit. Than both of them. <laughs> yeah grant yes grant, thank god grant thank is god. significantly better and i would even argue that you know justice winslow um is consistent and, and is a fierce competitor i think that was kind of some of the kind of the knocks on maurice harkless throughout his tenure here is um he was not always dialed in as from what i've heard um for me i as far as what i would like to see the blazers target like you mentioned, Brian, I think you have to go and find a, a big man that can do a lot of what Yusuf Nurkic can do, or at least mimic or fit into that style. And, and really, uh, I think, I know I said, don't bring up names, but a, a situation worth monitoring is this Kyrie Irving situation, because if the Clippers do become a major player, they're probably looking at having to lift that team option on Zubach and, and make Ooh. some cap flexibility there Zubach is someone who is very familiar with Chauncey Billups going back to their time in LA um has played in that system and, and is you know not someone you necessarily want as a starting center but as a damn fine backup center and, and that's I think he's someone who could you could have at the MLE price so um that's just one name I kind of keep in mind but I, I would like to see you know another big body whether that's a four or five or a five that'd be great Ed Davis not coming back his number's already been given up to shade on sharp. So, <laughs> so, you know, maybe someone like that, but again, I know it's a little harsh on shade on sharp. It, it's just not the direction I would have went in. Um, but you're not even saying his name, right? Dude. Yeah. Shaden. 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 Sorry. Sorry. 
that's how much respect you've given. Hey, that's just, just say Jaden, but with a with a shh. He's no, he's no Justin Gavoni, <laughs> but, but he'll do. But um, I kid Jonathan Gavoni. Just learn how to push your chairs in. Um, but anyway, um, uh, that's all I got today. I'm extra salty. I I do think, you know, I'll be right. I'll admit. If Shadon Sharp hits and he becomes a superstar, I'll be first in line to to get my daughter's jersey. I will buy his signature sneakers. I will praise him on this podcast. I certainly hope in, it comes in to three that. years time. In three years time, it could be two. It could be one. You never know. He could be the next Tracy McGrady. Who knows? That's what I'm hoping. That's I I certainly hope for the best. Don't get me that wrong. But I have plenty of skepticism, and it'll be the first time that a player has ever kind of walked the path that he's going to walk. So it's, 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 it's valid. It's, you know, the skepticism is completely valid. Yep. Again, so I, I want to be, I want to be wrong on that. Like I, I will absolutely root for, for, uh, for Mr. Sharp if he hits. Mm-hmm. So anything, anything before we get out of here, Adrian, you got to get back to covering the newsroom. Dave's going to kill me for keeping you on this podcast. No, no, good. Go I'm ahead. Good. I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to write about this week. So um, I think I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to digest what happened to the rest of today because it's still only one o'clock in the afternoon for me on a Friday. Um, and nice. figure out what we're gonna do. It's probably gonna be free agency related because we we're only a week away from free agency. So yeah. Now, real quick, do you think Daniel Ricciardo is gonna be at McLaren next year? Is he moving on? They have I'm the opt out. <laughs> I, I, I noticed that the Azerbaijan Grand, Grand Prix pays teammate wasn't very happy with him slowing him down, but that's uh, that's a story for another day. All right, well we'll keep our F one talk to a minimum. Uh, Brian, mm-hmm. anything before we get out of here? Uh, looking forward to seeing what we do with these second round picks. Mm-hmm. And uh, Adrian, if you ever need an idea for a story, just do what Steve used to do before he had a podcast and give me a call. Yep. And we talk for about five <laughs> minutes and. Yep. And then something organically <laughs> pops up, and then next thing you know, it's on Blazer's Edge in a day or two. So yep. um, I'll, I'll, I'll I'm free. I'll let you on Twitter. Yep. There we go. That's yep, that here. was the secret to my success, man. A lot of those, a lot of my story ideas came from conversations. That... Weird. A lot of weird takes from yep. Frag Guy over here. <laughs> yep. All right. That's all we got. All right. So just, go just finally, just finally, there's a lot of happy, chappy videos coming out of the Portland um, war room. They've, they've just put up a video of them FaceTiming Shaden and Jody Allen is smiling and laughing and Chauncey's happy. And it's very kind of, they're trying to, they're trying to portray an image here. It's very interesting to watch how they're doing it. Are, but anyway. are we sure it's actually pictures of Shaden Sharp or are they just showing her clips of animal bones? <laughs> I was thinking there was there, she was she was seeing what the Broncos just went for and yeah but she's she's next on the uh, the big trust sale so they're calling they're spite calling Phil Knight you know you you don't know what they're doing <laughs> but um the, is a is sharp and Adidas guy did they just do this just to spite the next ownership group or what's going on here? I don't know he's a Puma guy. So who knows? I don't know what what Mr. Sharp is. So anyway, Funny, you guys say Puma. It's Puma. It's Puma, not Puma. No, not gonna do that. Um, uh, can't go. Can't go. Can't do it. <laughs> so but anyway, that's all we got. Hopefully, you guys suffered through this podcast and got something out of it and enjoyed it. Um, we certainly enjoy having you as listeners. Um, 
we'll be back Tuesday. We're going to talk about these second round picks. We're going to talk about any other moves. We're going to talk a little bit more about what we think about the roster construction. I'll calm down a little bit about shade and sharp and then try to come at it a little more level-headed. And maybe we'll have a guest with someone who's actually watched him play basketball and live competition in person. Um, those people are hard to find. Um, but anyway, <laughs> we'll do, who the hell would that be? <laughs> we'll, do, we'll do that. So we're going to certainly try. Um, Adrian, thank you for coming on. Um, his his Twitter handle will be in the tweet for this show. So go find that. Follow Adrian. He is awesome. He has a weekly column on Blazer's Edge that is must-read for Blazer fans. Excellent. So yep. that's it, fellas. Thank you for coming on. Go Blazers. Go Sharp. Future All-Star. Let's go. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Church of Roy podcast. If you like what you've heard, go ahead and subscribe to the show wherever you download your podcasts. And while you're at it, go follow us on Twitter at Church of Roy Pod. We'll see you next week.